Mind and the Motorcycle. Are we on? You are live. Oh, okay. Well, I should hope so. Okay. Uh, Mind and the Motorcycle, Real News Plus, Year 2, <clears throat> Volume 65. And uh, yes, I still am, even with the change in years, I still am a lone voice in the universe. And um, a quick kind of ad lib, although the whole thing is kind of ad lib, it's absolutely impossible. I am recording this on January 6th. Um, and a year ago today, uh, I, I saw the most unbelievable thing um, on the television um, at the beer company. I was watching uh, people storm the Capitol, um, breaking through police barriers, um, I mean, all sorts of incredibly criminal, violent, antisocial behavior and um, really threatening the lives of our uh, elected representatives. Um, even though some of us would like to threaten their lives, um, it's kind of more, um, I don't know, would it be metaphorical? Um, it was an unbelievable thing to watch. I absolutely couldn't believe it. Um, and I'm not naive about the country and all of that shit. You can burn the flag. I don't care. There was just something about seeing these people um, rampaging through the Capitol um, that just felt like it was um, defiled. It was a defiling kind of thing and very upsetting. And, um, uh, you know, to believe that... Um, the president was actually watching all of this unfold uh, around two hours of absolute mayhem, um, and he was simply enjoying it um, rather than, um, you know, going live um, because he could have put an end to it because he started it. Anyway, that, that's really all, but I, you know, and there's a little bit of, uh, of the January 6th kind of business in the first few minutes. Uh, okay, let's go. Um, one year to the day since uh, President Trump and Republican accomplices um, lied, started spreading lies about uh, voter fraud and all of that, they really ended up doing what you could only call a failed coup on January 26, 2021. And um, there's a lot of warnings uh, going forward uh, that we are no way uh, – the, the, that democracy, as um, awful as it is, um, is still um, really very much in danger. And uh, some quotes. Uh, in America, voters decide the outcome of elections. That's according to Lisa Gilbert, who's executive vice president of Public Citizen. Um, and she said more. Yet 365 days after the attacks on the 2020 election culminated in the capital calamity we still haven't enacted meaningful reforms to prevent another January 6th. More uh, from her. If the Senate doesn't act now, we are guaranteeing there will be more election chaos in 2022. Um, in the 12 months since the reactionary mob stormed the Capitol in this deadly effort to prevent Congress uh, from certifying President Joe Biden's Electoral College victory, after which, by the way, get this now, 147 Republican lawmakers sided with the insurrectionists by declining to verify the results. 
So that's, we're talking Congress and Senate, 147 people um, failed to recognize the validity of the election. It really, um, I know this is, you know, at the beginning of the year, there's always, it's a time for optimism and um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not feeling it, folks. Um, I'm going to continue. Uh, in a matter of years, the United States deeply, uh, deeply flawed and increasingly fragile democratic system could collapse under the weight of a long-running reactionary onslaught and be replaced by a right-wing dictatorship, one for which former Donald Trump was just a warm-up act. Um, this is a warning from a fellow by the name of Thomas Homer Dixon, executive director of the Cascade Institute at Royal Roads University and a scholar of violent conflict. And he delivered an exhaustive uh, op-ed piece, piece published in the Canadian newspaper The Globe and The Mail. Um, Dixon, former head of a center on, on peace and conflict studies at the University of Toronto, warned that, quote, the political and social landscape of the U.S., a profoundly unequal and ideologically polarized nation that also happens to be armed to the teeth is flashing with warning signals. Um, a little bit more. By 2025, he continued, American democracy could collapse, causing extreme domestic political instability, including widespread civil violence. Um, so uh, I really think there are really dangerous times ahead. And uh, so, uh, and we'll, you know, keep on it, um, unfortunately. Um, increasingly dire uh, ecolo ecological damage and severe impacts of the climate crisis are pushing the national world, world toward a mass distinction, uh, I'm sorry, extinction event unparalleled since the age of the dinosaurs. This was a warning from conservationists um, in Germany uh, this past week. Uh, they released their annual winners and losers list, um, and the World uh, Wildlife Fund's German branch said 40,000 of the 142, 500,000 species listed on the red list of threatened species by the International Union for Conservation of Nature it's called the IUCN. They are threatened with extinction. So we're talking roughly a third of the endangered species uh, are threatened with extinction. Um, the red list is now longer than it has ever been since the IUCN began cataloging threatened species in 1964. A little bit more, more than 40% of amphibians 27% of shark and ray species, and a third of reef-building corals, and more than a quarter of all mammals on the red list are threatened with extinction. These are like huge kind of numbers, people. Um, and um, it goes um, hand in glove uh, with the global crisis. Uh, which goes hand in glove with the extraordinary imbalance uh, between the very, very wealthy um, and the rest of us. Uh, we're going to go to the climate. Uh, 
Global heating uh, caused by human activity could warm oceans enough to fuel hurricanes and tropical storms that strike cities as far north as Boston. That's in a new study uh, published this uh, last week. Uh, the guy's name is Joshua Studholm of Yale University. He's the study's lead author. And he said in a statement, this research predicts that the 21st century's tropical cyclones will likely occur over a wider range of latitudes than has been the case on Earth for the last three million years. Um, observations and model projections for the 21st century indicate that these, these uh, TC, tropical cyclones, may again migrate poleward in response to anthropogenic, after that's human-caused, greenhouse gas emissions, which poses profound risks to the planet's most populous region. So it means that tropical cyclones um, are going to be migrating uh, to the major cities, which are pretty much all located in temperate zones, um, you know, like New York, Chicago, in Paris, London. Um, so... Um, there's, um, there's really danger, of, danger afoot. Um, there are parts of Alaska that have obliterated high temperature records uh, earlier this week. <clears throat> Meteorologists and climate scientists warned that extreme heat and rainfall are the new normal in the nation's largest state and other Arctic and subarctic zones. Um, on Sunday, the town of Zodiac in southern Alaska it's 67 degrees Fahrenheit, seven degrees warmer than the daytime high in San Diego. And uh, let's see a quote. Uh, I would not have thought such a thing possible, according to Rick Thoman, a climate specialist at the Alaska Center for Climate Assessment and Policy. Um, CNN meteorological, uh, meteorologist Brandon Miller said that, quote, we've become somewhat numb to these never-before-seen extremes in temperature and weather as climate change continues to push the envelope on what is possible all over the globe. And uh, Colorado uh, took a licking last week. Uh, tens of thousands of Coloradans were forced uh, from their homes by two fast-moving uh, wildfires, whipped up by winds gusting up to 110 miles an hour. So um, uh, in uh, the, the Governor uh, Jared Paulus uh, declared a state of emergency to help the disaster. Um, a quote, none of this is normal, said Colorado State Representative Leslie Herod. We are not okay. Um, so weather is getting really angry all over the place. And now we'll move along to uh, the state of human health as opposed to global health. Um, and let's talk about Omicron. Uh, Omicron is, uh, quick, is quickly sp uh, spreading across the globe, and it's prompting a new wave of travel restrictions across Europe and other continents. The European Union in late November recommended suspending travel from southern Africa to curb the spread of the variant of concern. Member nations quickly took up action, updating entry requirements and announcing travel bans on countries like South Africa, where Omicron was first detected. And uh, what we have now is uh, the EU members are, are taking additional steps 
to prevent hospitals from being overwhelmed. Uh, the Netherlands entered a lockdown last week, closing non-essential stores through at least January 14th. Denmark shut down entertainment venues um, like theaters and museums, and other countries like Austria and Greece are tightening entry requirements. So this is going on all over the world, and you know, and at the moment, we are you know reeling from this uh, new wave um, of COVID-19. And um, if I was going to bet my cards, I'm thinking this is if after this um, we're going to be tailing down. Um, I do think it, it's possible, man. But until we get there, we have such a shit show on our hands. Um, a little bit of good news relating to the vaccine. Uh, a small team of Texas researchers is being hailed for developing an unpatented COVID-19 vaccine to share with the world without personal profit, with some advocates asking if they can do it, why can't Big Pharma? Um, dub the world's COVID vaccine, the inoculation, uh, which is normally called Cobravax, is an open source alternative to Big Pharma's patented, protected vaccines. And the Cobravax was developed jointly by Texas Children's Hospital, Houston's Baylor College, and the Indian pharmaceutical company Biological E Limited. Um, and this is not to get into a discussion about whether the vaccines work or they don't work and the nature of COVID and all of that kind of stuff. We're really just talking about the economics of the vaccine which has just been absolutely unaffordable um, for the poorer countries. And, uh, you know, more on that. Um, with the ultra-contagious Omicron strain pushing global 19 cases to record highs, a new study published Wednesday estimate that the world needs 22 billion additional, it's called MN, mRNA vaccines, to overcome the surging variant. Again, believing it or not is not the issue here. Um, it's simply the availability of the vaccine, even if you want it. Um, um, inequities in vaccine access are likely to intensify as uh, booster campaigns expand in the rich countries, which are then going to take um, those additional vaccines for boosters and, and prevent uh, the poorer countries from getting their share. Um, the, the scientific evidence is clear only by universally deploying vaccines currently most effective against the infection, which for now appear to be this Pfizer thing, will be able to blunt the virus evolution. Again, I know there's notorious debate about the efficacy of the virus and all of that, um, and I'm not going to do that uh, right now. I'm just reporting on the vaccine. Okay. Oh, Nice. Um, got a natural break, so we're going to take the base break right now. Hey, uh, welcome back. Uh, we're now going to go to Cuba, uh, uh, Guantanamo. Uh, this is unreal, man. Human rights advocates and attorneys representing Guantanamo Bay detainees. Uh, decried a secret new courtroom reportedly being built by the Pentagon at this uh, offshore U.S. prison. Uh, the New York Times reports Gitmo's new second courtroom, which will cost $4 million, will not allow members of the public to witness proceedings 
against detainees to be tried for alleged terrorism-related offenses. Oh, man. Um, you know, with everything going on, all the stuff that, that we talk about that gets spoken about um, in terms of climate, voting rights, women's rights, um, detaining people without due process uh, in Guantanamo for, we're talking like, holy shit, like 50, 20 years and torturing them. And I, I don't know. And um, are we supposed to, as a country, talk about fairness um, and, and being outraged at how other countries treat their people? Man, it really pisses me off. Um, and uh, the whole thing with, uh, with uh, Khashoggi, uh, the Saudi journalist. Get this, this is really interesting. Uh, multiple members of the Saudi hit squad that brutally murdered journalist Jamal Khashoggi in October of 2018, they're living in luxury villas uh, in a government-run Saudi security compound. This is according to The Guardian. Uh, the Guardian reported that, um, I'll butcher the name, I apologize, that Salah El Tabagi, the forensic expert who dismembered Khashoggi, was seen inside the compound. Mustafa El Madani, the man who posed at Khashoggi, as Khashoggi's body double, and Mansour Abab Hussein, the lead operative, were also spotted in sightings between 2019 and 2020. I'm mispronouncing their names, not on purpose, but these are human beings who are responsible for an unbelievably heinous crime, uh, killing Jamal Khashoggi. Um, unbelievable. Um, and we just keep uh, trading money with the Saudis. We, boy, we'll sell them any weapon you can name uh, for the cash they, uh, they give us. So eh, I think we're going to skip that story. Uh, but I want to stay with military. Uh, uh, President Biden signed a record-shattering military budget uh, earlier in the week, um, and a new al analysis published predicted that uh, if recent uh, contracting trends continue, the Pentagon will funnel, get ready, $407 billion worth of public funds to private weapon makers in this fiscal year. Um, yeah, all right. It's real clean. Um, I want to hang out with weapons for a second. Um, autonomous weapon systems, commonly known as killer robots, may have actually killed human beings for the first time ever last year, uh, according to a recent United Nations Security Council report on the Libyan Civil War. Uh, the United Nations Con Convention on Certain uh, Conventional Weapons, that's its name, debated the question of banning uh, autonomous weapons at its once every five years review meeting in, the, uh, in Geneva December of last year. But they didn't reach consensus on a ban, um, which means that um, the whole idea and possibility uh, of autonomous weapon systems where a machine decides to kill you um, and not a human not that that's a hell of a lot better, uh, that this is going to be, it is partially the future of warfare. Um, and the U.S. alone uh, budgeted $18 billion for autonomous weapons 
between 2016 and 2020. Um, I, this is like, really? Uh, uh, the, uh, the Taliban issued an order this week to remove the heads of mannequins in all clothing stores. Um, it's the, late, the latest um, ultra-conservative measure uh, the Islamist group has imposed um, in Afghanistan following their takeover last year. Uh, now, get the name of this now. This is kind of cool. The Ministry for the Propagation of Virtue and the Prevention of Vice, I shit you not, uh, issued uh, the order in the western province of Herat, saying the mannequins, referring to them as statues, infringed Islamic rules. They warned that those who violated the new rule would face harsh penalties. Um, and a women's right campaigner, rights campaigner by the name of Marcia Babakaharl called the mannequin ban the kind of behavior of children, not of a government leading a country, adding that the decision showed who the Taliban really are. Um, how, to, how to put it? This blew my mind when I heard about it. Um, it, it's something called um, uh, what, the, what the hell do they call it? Lying flat. Now I'll tell you what that means. It's, it's something that's going on in China. Uh, China's leaders have staked the country's future on innovation. No surprise. Um, in its latest blueprint for national economic development, China has pledged to end its reliance on imported technology and to focus on domestic consumption as the primary driver of growth. And they're looking at a whole resurgence in their economy. Um, and uh, this is all, of course, based on uh, people doing exactly what they want them to do. Well, get this. This, this country drive towards self-reliance uh, has encountered an unlikely form of resistance in a generation of young Chinese who are barking at the party's high-minded calls for continued struggle alongside a deeply ingrained culture of overwork without the promise of real advancement. They have now opted out for something called lying flat. I shit you not. In Chinese, it's Tang Ping. Uh, the lying flat movement calls on uh, young workers um, and professionals, um, in including the middle-class Chinese, who are to be the engine of Xi Jinping's domestic boom to opt out of the struggle for workplace success and to reject the promise of consum consumer fulfillment. For some, lying flat promises a release from the crush of life and work in a fast-paced society. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I've actually you know read more about it. So they really work only when they have to, um, and then uh, the other time they just do really, really very little. It's a trip, um, and you know that that schism between ultra rich and everybody else um, is ripping up the fabric of a lot of cultures. And in some places, it really just begun. Like you know, like in China, it's like yo man. Um, I want a piece of that, or I am not doing it. So, um, uh, winding down, I always, whenever there's a story about Julian Assange, I always cover it, um, and I cover it last. Um, press freedom campaigners, uh, last week, they marked Julian Assange's 
1,000th day of imprisonment in London's Belmarsh Prison with renewed demands for the WikiLeaks publisher's freedom ahead of his looming potential extradition to the U.S. Um, the likelihood of, of Assange extradition to the United States, where he faces charges of violating the Espionage Act, that if he is convicted, can result in more than 170 years in prison. Um, and the U.S. was going after him, and they won um, an appeal in the U.K. court, which said, no, he doesn't have to go, and we'll see where it, it goes um, legally. Um, and, um, I'm, you know, shit like that, um, it really doesn't bode well. Um, you know, we, we function on, on, on the truth, on facts, on knowing what's going on, um, and, and, and uh, you know, when somebody goes out of his way to actually expose what's going on, um, you don't put him in the slammer for, what, 170 years? Are you shitting me? Uh, all right. Um, I got a poem. I'll see if I can read it properly. Um, very appropriately, it is called The New Year. The poet is Carrie Williams Clifford, and this was written in 1904. The new year comes, fling wide, fling wide the door of opportunity, the spirit free to scale the utmost heights of hopes to be, to rest on peaks near reached by man before. The boundless infinite let us explore, to search out undiscovered mystery, undreamed of in our poor philosophy, the bounty of the gods upon the poor. Nay, in the new year we shall be as gods, no longer apish puppets or dull clods of clay, but poised, empowered to command. Upon the Etna of the new worlds we'll stand. This scant earth raiment to the winds will we'll cast, full richly robed as Superman at last. Cool way to think about the coming year, um, and um, really a great way to close. So... Um, Really, thanks for listening. I, I appreciate it. Uh, there's more to come. It's going to be a really interesting year. Whew, really interesting. Uh, until next week, same time, same station. God bless.